Okay, hey, I think this is working. Uh, welcome everyone. Happy Friday. Um, it's Sam. I'm here live um, with a couple of my um, fellow reader and writer friends who I'll introduce in a moment or I'll have them introduce themselves, whatever. Um, so I'm doing these live videos to try to talk about writing related topics and I figure, I mean, you can hear from me all day long, but um, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the only, the only important person out there or, or you, you might get tired of that soon. So I'm trying to bring in other people too. And today's topic that I wanted to discuss with my friends is um, for those who are both readers and writers, which they say to be a good writer, you have to be a good reader first. Um, what are your favorite books or book series? I know that's a tough question. Um, we'll hear from a few of those. And two, how have those things influenced your writing, um, those books specifically, and or how do you hope they'll influence your writing? What, what elements from them do you want to emulate or do you think writers can learn from and maybe if we all, um, I guess if we, if we, if we all um, talk about those things for a little bit, um, then maybe we'll learn some of the some of the, the things that about the fictions that have captured our hearts that we want to emulate and that we could we could as writers learn from. So that's kind of my goal today. If you're listening and you're here, um, drop your answers in the comments. Again, favorite books, book series that should be. Um, well, maybe not as easy as that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, not, maybe not that easy, but maybe easier. And two, what, how they influence your writing or how do you hope they'll influence your writing? Um, drop your answers in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you have just questions for anyone along the way, um, yeah, I'll um, you know, post in the comments too. We'll listen along. Um, but let me start talking and introduce these guys. Um, Corbin, want to introduce yourself? I would love to introduce myself. I love talking about myself. That's the first thing you know. Uh, Sam and I have been friends since 2008. So if uh, our friendship is a person, our friendship is a teenager um, and uh, very angsty and moody. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So uh, I, I, uh, I, I know these guys through Liberty University, and um, I, after I left Liberty, I went to the University of Tennessee for law school. Uh, I now work in East Tennessee as a uh, as an attorney, and uh, the attorney bit is just fueling my reading habit. And uh, at the same time, I'm also doing a fair bit of writing, some of it nonfiction, but my Big, uh, big thing I'm working on is a novel titled "So the Wind," and it is a historical fiction novel of the Dreyfus Affair. So, very much drawing from my experiences as an attorney, and as I'll get to in just a minute, uh, it's drawing from some of my favorite authors as well. Great, thanks. And yeah, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you if you didn't answer already. Tell us about, about your writing too. Okay. Jeff, um, tell us a little bit about, about yourself and or your writing, things you're working on. Yes, um, my name is Jeff. I also know Sam from uh, Liberty University um, back in our, uh, um, our days in the English Honor Society, which is, um, which, which I guess still is called Sigma Tau Delta. And I'll let you put together what the, the, um, the acronym for that acronym for that is yeah, yeah. but anyway <laughs> we need a new one yeah exactly but yeah those are good times um 
And yeah, we've we've been good friends. Um, I guess I guess going off of Corbin's um, analogy, um, our friendship would be more like the preteen stage. So um, just kind of getting up there in the teen years. Ladies, but but anyway, I. It's, it's not a contest. You're, you're both pretty. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I uh, still work at Liberty, actually, and I'm going there for my master's um, in theology. But um, but yeah, I've I've done a bunch of writing projects. I've been writing since I was like six or seven years old, and I figured out how to use a keyboard on a computer and come up with stories and stuff and i've always loved stories and i'll tell you more about how my favorite stories inspired my writing as a reader and writer coming up here soon cool and as you know as, as most of you guys know or if you're watching this probably um i'm also writing um superheroes my big thing i'm working on a superhero story called fractured heroes just recently finished um book two finished drafting book two i'm going to be in editing land for a while and hopefully maybe looking into possibility of publication, but that's, uh, that's not what I'm here to talk about, talk about today. Um, so, okay, first part of this question, um, what are your favorite books? Um, and I know that's a, that's a hard question, and I, don't, I didn't really script this um, or anything like that beyond, um, beyond just telling you guys kind of what questions I was gonna ask. So, um, and I know we all have several favorites that we can talk about for hours long, but we'll try to keep it concise. Um, who wants to tackle this first? Tell us about what. I'll go first. Great. Uh, you know, I'm the I'm the oldest friend, so I'm going to take priority here. Now you're making <laughs> Get um, a contest. Uh, it would be a contest if you were competitive, but you know, whatever, whatever. I mean, you're a good guy too. Um, so if I answered the question, what are my favorite books? Uh, we'd be here for the next 45 minutes just on that question alone. Uh, so I'm going to. And I'm just going to talk about three, uh, especially in kind of the context of what's influenced my writing. So the first one is called Beneath the Scarlet Sky by Mark Sullivan. It's about a Italian teenager in the resistance during World War II. And it's, 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 it's incredible. It's actually getting a, uh, I think a miniseries adaptation, um, I know BBC is doing it. I can't remember if they're partnering with Amazon or Netflix, but uh, our favorite friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is, is going to be playing the uh, hero, Tom Holland. Um, <laughs> no, I hope so. Ben Riley. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so it. One thing I love about this book is how just evocative it is. I mean. Too often when you're reading like a historical fiction novel like beneath like that, that oh, the, period, you're the, the title, sorry. It, it's beneath, beneath the Scarlet Sky. It's written by Mark Golden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for any audio audiobook fans out there, it is excellent. Excellent as an audiobook. Um, but it, it just he, he perfectly evokes what's going on in the life of the protagonist and in every scene. I mean, you feel the danger, you feel the stress, you feel the open-ended violence of the turns that real life can take. And it is based on a real story. Okay. Um, so in many ways, uh, 
and, and, and again, not, not to go down a rabbit trail, but um, which is going to be ironic in a minute, um, but the marketing story behind this, I mean, this is, this is a book that was more or less self-published and became a runaway success on Amazon, but um, this is the sort of book I want to write where you don't have the pat assurance of a happy ending in real life. And when you tell stories about real life, uh, you got to kind of figure out how to give the story meaning by putting the audience in the shoes of your protagonist uh, and also making the story meaningful without making it uh, pat or too fictional. So another another book series that's really inspiring my blog, or it's not a book series, it's a book, uh, it's called Watership Down by Richard Adams. So the hero, I mean, imagine the Odyssey. But with rabbits. In 1984. With rabbits. Rabbits. So yeah, so my rabbit trail comment a minute ago was <laughs> unintentionally funny. There you go. Yeah. I, re I read that for the first time just this, this past year, and I, I wish I would, as as a teenager, when I, when I, when I liked Redwall and stuff, because I probably, probably would have appreciated it more. I still appreciated it, but I think I, think I missed out when it was younger. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's literally epic, and there's kind of a mythology behind it. And there's, there's one thing I really like about it is kind of the realistic uh, way in which it weaves magic throughout the story. So even if you're not, like, in, when I say magic, it's not, I'm using that term very loosely. Um, it's not like there are wizards casting spells at one another. Um, there are seers at play. There are, like, strong elements of fate and destiny, but also free will. It's, it's just incredible. And, and one thing I love about this, too, is the author basically developed the story while riding in the car with his two young children huh. back in 1950 in England when they didn't have radios in the car. Yeah. So he's uh, telling these stories, like just making them up on the fly. And when his daughters got a little bit older, they told him to write it down. And Watership Down is another book that, not to go on a rabbit trail, uh, like everybody passed on it, and the person who finally picked it up was just kind of this maverick type mm -hmm. publisher. And when when they published it, it, it sold out almost instantly. And uh, I think it's been in print continuously since the 1950s. But um, again, that's another one where it's very evocative, and it he it, it does this incredible job of connecting the themes in the lives of these rabbits with things that we as human beings would 100% recognize and very human. So right. that's something I want to bring in. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, and the, la the last thing I want to talk about is before, the Percy Jackson series. What, go ahead. Before we move on, I was going to say, Jeff, Jeff, you have an animal series, right? Also? Um, yeah, I'm actually writing an animal series. Yeah. Um, for my as a um, yeah for my project a children's story and I think Watership Down did inspire some of that looking back. But you're writing about birds, right? Well, yeah, uh, mine's like a modern retake on. Mine's like a modern retelling of the Ugly Duckling story, but with the epic twist to it. There you go. Inspired by your friendship with Sam, no doubt. Wait a second. Um. Well, we are birds of a feather. Um, I think that joke was for the birds. 
you both were new plan. Okay, new plan. This is this is the stand-up comedy hour with all of us. <laughs> Not really. Funny thing happened on my way to the live video today. Yeah. No. Good. We're just Go winging me. it. Guys. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, probably your last one, or or for for now at least. Our last. Yeah. Our last pun, or or his last uh, suggestion. No. Never a last pun. <laughs> um, the last pun. We'll, yeah. We'll stop punning when we're dead. Um, last book series I want to talk about is uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians uh, by Rick Riordan. So concept there is that the Greek gods exist. They never stopped existing. They just kind of move from country to country as the center of Western culture moves. Uh, and they continue to have demigods, children. So one thing I like about it is the character dynamics and the um, – the fans of the series have this term where they, they call uh, Persassy because Percy, the uh, same character, is like one of the sassiest characters in a good way uh, I think I've ever encountered. So I love the humor, and I love how the, he just makes the dialogue carry the story forward in these, I mean, he's talking about like monsters living in the middle of cities that the mortals don't recognize. It's a pretty outlandish kind of like story scheme, but uh, he makes it work. He makes the mythology work, but the dialogue is just so good most of the time <laughs> that um, you're just you're just there for the ride. It is so much fun, and uh, the story is very powerful and very moving uh, in ways that my 12-year-old niece, who's uh, experiencing trauma in her life, has found very affirming and very healing. So. Huge fan of those series. I'm really looking forward to the author's uh, mini series where he's going to be adapting the books. For and it wasn't there a movie that was, that was pretty good? I, I didn't hear you, buddy. What? <laughs> and wasn't was there a movie that was, that was pretty good and faithful to the adaptation to the book and everything? There was a movie. Wasn't there? I... There were two movies. There were two okay. movies, weren't there? There were. There were. Very well cast. Very well cast. <laughs> well, well, we'll leave it at that. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, I, I need to get a, into those. Or go, go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say one of my um, recommended books series um, has some disappointing movies attached to it as well. So I. We'll get there. I not hear you. In a, in a, in a yep. minute, maybe. Okay. The Thrawn trilogy. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I should have said heir to the empire, but whatever, whatever. Um, I'll get there in a minute, but um, yeah. Um, you gave me the first person deduction book when I, during my first year of teaching, and I, I started to read it, but I, you know, first year of teaching was rough. I, I, I didn't really have time for reading, but I, I, should, I should get back into the, now that I have a, a little one. I mean, it's going to be a while until he's ready, but, but, um, but. Is it Rachel a fan? I think she's at least read them or is, is at least familiar with them. You know, I, that's a good yeah. question. I mean, maybe, she, maybe, maybe it's her sisters that were like big fans of them, but she read them. She's honestly much more well-versed in fantasy than I am. Like, 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 like you, I mean, I'm, no, I'm trying to. You, you should have stopped that. She's just more well-versed well, that's probably true. than I am. Like, <laughs> 
and I mean, I mean, I'm trying to diversify my reading, like, or well, well, I guess for for, for, for fiction, I I kind of found my niche and I stuck with it, and now I'm reading nonfiction and stuff too. But as far as like current fun fantasy fiction, you guys probably are both more well versed than I am. So um, it's it's cool hearing from you um, about these all these things that I'm that I'm passing from there with. And I'm like I haven't read that, but I know about it. Um, also, good news: the audience like for, like for jokes. It, it, it sounds like so we can keep those up. Um, but again, for those listening along, um, feel free to post your your um, your input in the comments. I don't want this to be just a you know just the three of us talking. Although that's cool too. But um, but um, I want to hear about your favorites and what you like about them and what what has I guess struck you or or um, or has has stuck with you and made these some, some of these books the favorites in your mind. And if you are a creative writer too, like some of us, um, what about that has, I guess, has inspired or influenced your own writing? Um, so post your answers in the comments. Um, keep the conversation going. But Jeff, you want to tell us about one or two that you like? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll piggyback off of uh, what I was saying earlier about um, you know, a good a good series that maybe the movies didn't quite live up to it, and that would be the the Narnia series. At least, at least the like, you know, the la the second two, the first, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, that that adaptation, the latest one, was what, pretty good. Is, I agree. It's it, 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 it fairly faithful too. Yeah, fairly faithful too. <laughs> Voyage of the Dawn Treader is like my all-time favorite movie. I mean, or we could talk about the old BBC versions too. <laughs> Those were classic. Um, but yeah, I brought um, a copy of my nice. uh, Narnia collection, um, which is nice illustrated and, uh, you know, special book. I, I wonder if you have one like this, uh, <laughs> Corbin, or, only, or does Sam, only true no. friends have them. <laughs> Did I get that for you? I forget. No, okay. no you didn't. <laughs> yeah. That was just my, I, I don't know yeah, that, my that people attempt to try and smack talk. That, that version you've got <laughs> is uh, from Barnes & Noble. It was a special uh, select edition that they did. And uh, I bought those by the score as graduation gifts for people. And uh, I don't have one of those myself. I've got a bigger one with color illustrations and uh, stronger binding because I wear my books out. Oh, nice. I, I'm very careful with mine. Okay, so, so this is a measuring cut. No, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's several reasons why I like the Narnia series and how they inspired my own writing because I mentioned I'm writing a, kind of a adolescent uh, young adult fiction book with talking animals, fantasy fable, uh, fantasy type book with the talking animals. Um, Lewis, um, I'll get the token later. Lewis uh, is one of my favorite writers because, and and specifically in his fiction Narnia series, um, because he uh, the one reason I like his writing is he doesn't um, talk over his uh, reader, his audience and readers. He like talks at their, it comes down to their level. Um, and that's that's just as a writer, for any of his even his nonfiction works, he's like that. So um, he he's really good at um, uh, making his points clear. Um, and uh, and another thing is, 
is um, the the Narnia books specifically have Christian elements to them. Oh, they do. Um, I'm a. <laughs> in case you miss it, I mean, um, well, well, we're not going to get into that now. But <laughs> um, I, I'm a self-professed Christian myself, and I um, like that to influence my writings to a degree. But um, as any good writer will tell you, you don't want to use your stories as, um, you know, you want to show, not tell, not just preach at people. Um, there's time and place for that. But in storytelling, you want the story to, to, to be a story and not just a sermon. And I believe it was, Lewis, I believe it was Lewis who said, we don't, we don't need more Christian books. We need more Christians writing good books or something. Yeah. Or something yeah, like, like that. that. Yeah. 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 That. Yes. We don't need more great Christian books. We need more good little Christian books. Sure, that too. Which, you know, it works. Uh, I, I love that quote. Yeah. You know, he's, he's plenty of good quotes. I'm just going to read you one section here from uh, The Silver Chair um, that has one of my favorite scenes. And um, it's when the character Puddle Glum, who's a marsh wiggle, and he's. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe a marsh wiggle, but think of like somebody who lives in the swamp who's really um, a big and lanky, but he has like frog hands. So it's Shrek? No. You're, you're freezing up a little bit. Is it, is it just me or like, can you still see him, Corbin? I can see him, but he's well, spinning and I can't yeah. hear him. Jeff is frozen for a moment. Um, it would seem so. Well, sorry. we can describe what a marsh wiggle is. You know, it's, a, it's an inhabitant of a marsh. And, and you can probably, uh, and you, like I say, you can probably recite the, the silver chair from memory. So, you know, read it enough times. Puddleglum's one of my favorite Narnia characters. Uh, he's one of those people who is like the most optimistic cynics ever. Uh, so he'll say something like. It's a beautiful day outside, although it'll probably rain later. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently he was based off, I think, Fred Paxford, uh, Lewis's gardener. I think that's what uh, Douglas Gresham okay. said in some introduction or other. Cool. But um, Jeff is well, We lost Jeff for now. I, I just texted him. I'm, I'm guessing it's, it's Wi-Fi went out or something like that. Um, so hopefully he'll return because, or else I'll feel bad about giving you the first slot and not letting him talk as much. Um, oh, okay, here he is. Hey, yeah, Jeff, welcome we out. Just, and we just described a marsh wiggle for oh, thank you. benefit. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, this was, this, my connection was for the bird. Go back to that again. Um, anyway, thanks for, thanks for on that so you, so you know who a marsh wiggle is anyway another thing lewis does he he has good um characterizations and so there's a scene where um main characters um in the silver chair are under a spell and lewis is trying to explain you know how um how and why the marsh wiggle puddle glum breaks out of the spell and can think clearly and form his argument and there's this epic speech you know uh puddle glum gives if you know the the scene where he's like well maybe there isn't an aslan in a real world but i still believe in it anyway um 
But before it gets to that, um, the, the reason that Puddle Glum's head clears that he can form his argument is he experiences pain because he sticks his foot in the fire or something like that. And the line says... And it fills the room with the smell of burnt marshmallow, which is described as unpleasant. He snapped everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that would be very unpleasant. I've never yeah. had mar fried marshmallow, but um, I don't care to. And um, it says, the pain itself made Puddle Glum's head for a moment perfectly clear, and he knew exactly what he really thought. There's nothing like a good shock of pain for dissolving certain kinds of magic. So um, it, it, it's just kind of like a real small note Lewis throws in there that probably a lot of the kids won't even pick up on. But as an adult reader reading it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, like he's, he's giving a little, you know, commentary on, you know, experiencing pain and suffering in life and how, you know, that can sort of clear our heads about perspectives and stuff. So that's just kind of one of my favorite. This is kind of an example of what yeah, I like yeah, about yeah. Lewis's writing. Deep truths translated into into accessible means and fun stories. Yeah. Well, that conver that conversation where that scene happens is the back and forth between a hero and a villain in terms that are very relatable. That you follow it easily, but it's also one of the best. Uh, best explanations of platonic like the philosophy put out by plato uh that 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 is this i mean when we were covering this in undergrad at liberty being a christian institution uh they were talking about the teachings of plato in my philosophy class i raised my hand and said this reminds me of that one scene in the silver chair oh nice that's goes well, <laughs> And I mean, wasn't Lewis kind of a Neoplatonist, or yeah, I, I kind of see a lot of Plato in Lewis's in his writings. Well, mm -hmm. it, so spoiler alert for the Chronicles of Narnia: in the last battle, when they come to Aslan's country, and they realize this is the real Narnia, <laughs> and they're trying to understand what's what's going on. Uh, the professor says, "You know, what do they teach them in school these days? It's all in Plato." Mm, yeah. Wait. Oh, that's where that's where it comes Wait, from. Okay. All, yeah, yeah. Die? Do I? Wait. Are you saying they all die? Spoilers. No. Okay. It's only been out like I don't know, uh, eighty years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew. Um, reading hasn't caught. It isn't quite so modern as as all that. Or sixty. Sixty years, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I know that Lewis and Tolkien are favorites of, of all of us, um, and, and um, I'm sure we could all say a lot about that. Um, Jeff, were you also going to talk, talk, talk about Tolkien? Yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, mention him real quick. <coughs> um, and one book I wanted to recommend for, like, um, I brought this. It's called Concerning yeah. Hobbits, or Shoulders of Hobbits, yeah. Or on the Shoulders of Hobbits? <laughs> on the Shoulders of Hobbits, yeah. And it's a good commentary on like elements in Jeff, do you, Tolkien and. Do you even know how to read? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought this was a forum for um, movies. It's Tolkien. You guys picture, and picture books, right? You yeah, it's picture and comics. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but but this is a um, book by Lewis Marcos, so I recommend it. I think it. Rachel has that one. Um, one or at least at least some of the author. Yeah, he's 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 a good commentator. Yeah. 
I mean, I, 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 I have not read them, read them myself. That's, that's not a thing that, that I know about that, that, that I actually haven't read. But, 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 uh, but it's good there of, you go. of explaining elements in both Tolkien and Lewis and that type of, of, um, of epic fantasy um, that, that, and how it, how it relates, not just for, you know, definitely for Christians, but anyone who, um, even if you're not a Christian, if you just like, stories of good versus evil and and that type of thing overcoming odds and and good epic stories about um values good values and virtues and stuff so it it's a good um it's a good read and and um and then i'll just add a note just real quick how like tolkien influenced some of my writings um um he's it i could like corbin said i could i could spend all day just talking about what i like about tolkien but but he's just a good storyteller too. Um, the guy invented, you know, his own languages for his world. Great world builder, um, and uh, <coughs> and he also weaves in good themes without being preachy. He he shows, you know, the friendship of Sam and and Frodo um, as they're taking the ring to Mordor. And I won't spoil, you know, the ending of that for you. But <laughs> he was um, he was but. He was very, very against. If you did, <laughs> he was very, very I'd, against. I'd have to give you the finger if you if you did that. These these puns are just too precious <laughs> for me. I, I was going to say, um, not a pun actually. But Tolkien was very, very against anyone trying to allegorize his works, and I mean, pe people have and continue to, and I mean. There are themes you can find in them without being an allegory, but he didn't want to be right. preachy or or anything like or, like that. Nice. Oh. Well. Yeah, I joke showed up in the comments. Okay. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I got caught yeah. my eye, but um. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I'm just good characters, good plot, and um. In my story, there's definitely elements. I mean, I I include little poems and ditties that my bird characters sing, kind of like how Tolkien um, uh, interjects little little poems throughout the in the Lord of the Rings series, anyway, um, and in the Hobbit about what's going on, and he he just has fun with it, and and that's like you know one um, thing I try to do in my own writing is I have. I have fun with it. I try to make it fun for my readers. It's good. It's good. I mean that. And I think it was. Uh, I'll quote Lewis, Lewis again because that's because he has a lot of good quotes in his book on criticism and experiment on criticism. He he basically says, and I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but um, like being entertaining is a is a minimum requirement for, for for a book. Like 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 the best books will also do more than that. But they'll also have good you know thought-provoking themes or whatever but but um entertainment is a minimum requirement he, he said like a good book will do more it must not do less basically and i'm like nice. that's, that's, that's yeah I, I can get behind that good to good to live by um a uh well i guess it's not more modern but it, i guess more modern than tolkien but another fantasy series I, i've been I getting very model of a modern major general. <laughs> a modern major token general. Um, nice. That's what I'm talking about. What? Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Nice. Um, 
We've got anyway, to drop these, all these folk and fantasy jokes. I <laughs> let's not make a let's not make a bad habit of it. She just made, made this a uh, Tolkien and Lewis GM session. I should have known when I invited you guys, but but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm I'm trying to get to another author. Just go ahead, to go add ahead. on a note. Um, I've I've been getting into the uh, Robert Jordan's um, series, uh, Eye of the World series, and I'm only I'm Wheel only in the first book. Eye of the World is the first right, one. Right, right. Wheel of Time series, and there's gonna they're they're hopefully gonna do a Amazon nice. series coming up soon. Yeah. Oh, they've already been... cast it, and they've already started filming portions. Oh, nice. Okay. okay, so that sounds yeah. good. I, I'm looking forward to that. My brother has read all. All those, and I, 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 that's also one I, I, read, I read the first one just this past year. Um, someone gave me, and I, I don't know that I'll ever get to all 14 of really thick books, however many there are. I might read the second one. Um, but again, go ahead, Jeff. Tell us what you like. Um, no, it just it, it's good. Uh, some good characters in that. It, it has a good story that um, moves along, but. Um, I definitely. I, I'm only. I only read the first book so far, but I'm enjoying it so far. It's, it starts off a little slow at parts, but it's worth it's, it. It's also. I mean, it, it's in the same vein of Lord of the Rings. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm not copying someone. Someone based. Same someone genre. I'd still high yeah. fantasy. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know if you're aware of this, Jeff, but he, uh, Jordan, wrote a bunch of uh, Conan the Barbarian books back in the day. Oh, I didn't know that. So. Right, and and he's considered one of the best Conan writers that ever worked on that series. So, imagine like Lord of the Rings, but kind of with this Conan the Barbarian type flavor to it. Um, and of course, not written by somebody who's as good as Tolkien, but somebody who is very consciously trying to follow that model and uh, pay homage to the master. And, and that's that's what that's what Wheel of Time is. So. That doesn't sound like an interesting read. Either don't read it. Do not start it. But yeah, it's, um, it definitely reminds me of Tolkien. Like has Tolkien um, an essence to it. But I think it's because because Tolkien set the yeah. ground for that type of genre. The um, the, co the copy I have, one of the reviewers on the on the cover, or whatever, said basically like Jordan, like gives us more of the world that Tolkien created. I'm not saying it's literally, literally the same world, but I mean that that kind of fantasy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. cool. Okay. Um, it, it, I, I would say it's about as fully fleshed out as Tolkien's world was. So, but, and while you don't have like something as detailed as the Silmarillion, uh, you do have flashbacks that the characters are able to see into the past just to see what happened. And as the history yeah. of that world opens up, and as the as that world itself opens up, it's just incredible. It's so detailed. Well, I mean, when, when the whole when, when the main series is 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 fourteen, 14 books, books long, in, yeah. Instead of three, you don't really need a, need need a Silmarillion for that, I guess. But, Thirteen big books, one decent sized book. Oh, okay, okay, I stand corrected. Again, I'll never read the first one, um, and and probably also I would have appreciated it more if I if if I was a teen, um, and I had all all the free time in the world. Now that I'm older and and the dad and stuff. I kind of don't expect to, to get through all four of them myself, but um, I want to at least introduce myself to that world so I can have a semi-intelligent conversation about it. I mean, yeah. Hang on. There's, there's a, let, 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 me, let me read this graphic out, some of these info okay. on the series. In the book, 
in the whole series, there are 11,898 pages. There are 4,415,036 words. What's this? <laughs> there are 2,782 named characters. Oh my goodness. I think I saw. I think I saw that some, at some point. Um, my, my friend Ethan, who was mentioned in the comments, may have mentioned that too. He likes that, doesn't I heard there were like you know, named name characters alone. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. In the first book, there's, there's like um, probably like 10, because they go from like, in, um, they're traveling, so they go to different inns, and there's like probably like five to 10 different innkeeper names already, just that I yeah. caught in the first book. Yeah, and they're all compared to one of the main character's father, who's an innkeeper. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Yeah. Lots and and remember, uh, never trust a skinny innkeeper. Right. <laughs> I think, yeah, my, my brother Henry um, is a big fan of those. And he, he's the one who kind of introduced me. That was one of his favorite lines, too, I think. So. Yeah. Nice. My mine is that uh, never kiss a girl whose brothers have nice scar wounds. Nice scar wounds. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's a that's a match from Calthorn special there. Okay. Well, cool. we've gone on for a little bit. Um, I want to talk yeah. about big wanna, rabbit trail. Yeah, I was going to talk about a few of my favorites too. I know Corbin, you have to go pretty soon. Um, no, but I guess before I talk for a few minutes, um. I would, I would ask from this conversation, anything new you've picked up or anything um, anything further that you hope to emulate or, or hope, I guess, hope to apply to your own writing in the future? It filled me, I kind of go back to the Lord of the Rings where uh, Legolas talks about, you know, it's perilous to stir the sea longing. Um, but thanks to Jeff, he stirred the Narnia calling <laughs> longing, and uh, I think I need to do another reread. Me too. There you go. Yeah. That um, was my major takeaway. I haven't read those in a long time. I, I start. I mean, I, I read them all as a kid. I started to reread some of them in college. Um, and even even that's like ten years, 10 years ago now. I'm old, um, and I, I, I don't think I got through the whole series at the time. But I guess when the, when the movies were coming out, I read some, read some of them. Um, I keep I keep saying. When my son gets a little older now, having a kid is a great excuse to reread some of these things that I that I haven't read in many years myself. Um, yeah. Um, and Corbin, if you have to go soon. Oh, sorry, sorry go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to go. And I guess it's just the last, I'll say one last thing. I'm about to jump off. Uh, besides it being good to see both of you, uh, you look, you're both looking very well. Um, right back at you. Thank you. Thank you. You're a smooth liar. Um, the, one of the things that kind of jumped out at me from this conversation is we're all talking about, you know, kids' books, uh, books that are kind of have a reputation for appealing to juveniles, people, young people. And we're all here. Um, I, I don't know how old you are, Jeff. I think we're all in our 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about books that we encountered either as kids or as teenagers, for the most part, that um, we've been in love with for literally half our lives at this point. And we'll continue to be in love with probably for the rest of our lives. And, uh, you know, it's just like not only was C.S. Lewis not ashamed of having written books that were geared towards younger people, he embraced that. He was proud of that. That was the point. 
and Tolkien. Yeah, I think just, there's a quote about you know, um, he's he's he always reads or writes for children or something like that. Yeah, somewhere something well, like it, that. There's a the dedication to the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was to Lucy. Get her last name, uh, Barfield, Lucy Barfield. Yeah. The inspiration for Lucy Pevensey, where he says, you know, this is a this is a fairy tale. Um, you're at an age where you're probably not going to like fairy tales again, but down the road, when you're old enough to believe in fairy tales again, I hope you pick this book up. Yeah, and, that was uh, the quote. Yeah, that you'll be yeah. old, you'll there's like an age, I guess, where you kind of are disenchanted with all that stuff, and you're like, I'm an adult now, but then you come out of that, and I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll let you guys know if I ever hit that age. Yeah. <laughs> when I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of being childish and the desire to be more grown up. That's what he Not a loose quote. Yeah, yeah it's just, just really, like, there have been times where I've been attempted to, like, smarten up my writing to appeal to an older audience so I can be taken seriously. To prove my intelligence, to prove my whatever, just 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 to you know, it, it's an ego thing, 100%. Oh yeah. And I think back to like, you know, Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings, um, and I've met I've met so many people who Chronicles of Narnia was part of their testimony, even if they didn't get saved after reading Chronicles of Narnia, it edified them in their faith. And um, I have the sneaking suspicion that when we get to heaven. And we talked to uh, believers who came to faith after, I don't know, 19-whatever, 50s. Uh, a significant proportion of them are going to say that their introduction to Jesus came in the terms, other than the sentence, as land is on the moon. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be among those numbers. That's cool. Corbin, where, That's awesome. Um, where can people find you on social media? Um, are you doing writing things on there? Do you, you want to... Okay, yeah, so um, I'm on. I'm on. I don't have like a writer's page. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the future. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm on Facebook. My full name is Corbin Payne. Look for me. I'm friends with both Jeff and Sam on Facebook. Um, I like to write little tidbits about some of the things I see as an attorney, or just you know, single guy in my 30s, or, or whatever. Uh, you can encounter me there. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as the Sue Chef. Uh, it's the answer. It's a punchline to an old joke, but you call a lawyer who's great cook. Uh, so Sue is um, I like it. Yeah, and I think Sam and I follow each other on Twitter as well. I'm not on there just a whole lot, but. That's kind of where I am now. Um, some of the writing projects I've got in the works tend to be more legal focused, so those will get shared as they come along. But um, yeah, I'm going to be uh, doing a very Tolkien-esque thing, and I, I'm currently right on a writing project about legalizing weed. What? Sorry. <laughs> legalizing weed. So getting my Hobbit on. Okay. Well, it's a whole other kind of worm. Is it old Toby? Yeah. <laughs> Old Toby. South Farling. All right. Hey, guys, again, great seeing you. Thanks for having me on, Sam. I'd love sure. to do this oh, again. Thank you for yeah, having um, We definitely yeah. should do this again sometime. We should. Absolutely. This may be, may be the last one, but um, thank you for being here. And for the last time.
Yeah. Uh, yeah. For uh, yeah, a few, few minutes. minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to talk about a few of my favorites, and and um, so only about an hour. <laughs> no, no, um, but, but um, yeah. So 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 I mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, you know, I, I also love you know Tolkien and Lewis. I mean, I I wore my Lord of the Rings shirt today, but I realized I haven't read them since since either high school or college. And I mean, Corbin mentioned me the point. We're already talking about things that we've that we've read, you know, when we were younger that stuck with us. Um, my fun fiction these days. I mean, I mean, I, I'm trying to read a lot of different things and trying to, to read nonfiction too, and maybe a few classics if I can get back into that. But um, these days, my go-to fun fiction that I've been reading a lot of is usually the Star Wars books because um, I, I just I love the Star Wars universe and I kind of fell in love with those. Um, so I mean, I have a I have a big collection. Um, my wife can show you it. Especially when we moved, um, we I have probably too many Star Wars books for my own good, and I I started collecting them when I was also when I was little because like um, the Phantom Menace came out when I was nine. I'm dating myself there, um, but I started buying the, the buying the books that, that were for like the little thin ones for for young adults, and then in high school I discovered that the ones that were, that were more for adults. Um, so my nice. favorite Star Wars author is named Timothy Zahn, and if anyone's not familiar. He created the character of Thrawn, who is now has been on, has been on the animated shows and was and spoilers he was name dropped on this season of the Mandalorian. So they're they're working on getting him into the nice. onto the screen as well. But um, nice. Zahn created Thrawn. I actually got to meet Timothy Zahn a few years ago at Awesome Con in DC, um, and he's written several Star Wars books. This is one of the newer ones. Um, this, this is not one not, not one of the original ones because there's all thing with Disney being with with canon versus new canon, whatever. This is like the first one in New Canon. Um, and it's interesting, Thrawn is actually, he works for the Empire, so in some ways he'd be considered a bad guy. Um, but he's very much, very much a logical, orderly character. Um, and like, and, like, and, like, and he's, a, he's a protagonist of his own story and he has good motives for the things he does. And, and you know, he-, he Kind of like an anti-hero. In, in some ways, I guess. Like, like okay, I, I, I don't wanna go too much into, every, uh, into the, the, the weeds here. Um, in the first trilogy that Zahn wrote for Star Wars, Thrawn fought, fought like Luke, Leia, and Han, and he and he was in the you know, Thrawn was the main bad guy. Um, not, but that's not that's not canon anymore because Disney kind of changed the timeline right. with the movies. So this is like Thrawn's story in the Empire, so where he's the good guy of his own story. And what I like about this, I mean, there are complex characters, and, and, and I mean, in this case, um, and, and Thrawn is also a special character who's has a, a very like strategic, logical, ordered mind. He's been described as like a Sherlock Holmes or a Spock, just on the wrong side of history maybe. Um, but um, in addition to that, Zahn's writing style is just, I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. He, he put th puts together these complex plots, complex in a good way, where things just like, like he, he sets up all these elements and then, and then things fall into place in the right way at the right time. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good, at, good, good at describing it because it's, it's probably more complex than I can, than I can be, but I've, I've kind of described him to myself as the Christopher Nolan of books, uh, who Christopher Nolan is also my favorite director. Um, but he's just, just every element of the story is there for a reason and he, and he sets things up and there's always a good payoff or, nice. usually, or usually it. The last couple of books I felt like weren't, weren't my favorite um, for whatever reason, but um, I've read several of his and um, I'm, I'm usually very satisfied with them. 
it's interesting that, that he's working with largely characters that have already been established, like like characters in the Star Wars universe, but he gives them you know depth even beyond beyond what we've seen. Um, he's a, he's a good character writer and a good plot person, which I guess are two of the main reasons I read books. Um, and then this one is not by him, but it's also Star Wars. It's um, Aftermath. It's new canon, and this is this is the beginning of a trilogy. It's basically like, um, like after, but like, this is the, the now official explanation for what happened after after Return of the Jedi, after Episode Six, and th things like that. And it's um, like how the Empire fell and stuff like that. And it's not, um, it's, and this actually isn't about Luke, Leia, and Han. I mean, I think Han shows up in the second book a little bit, um, or for, for, for part of it. Um, but it's about like minor characters, like like it, it kind kind of shows. A ragtag be ragtag band or team, I almost said beam, uh, rag, rag, ragtag band of minor characters kind of becoming, I guess, the downfall of the Empire, which which really is also what happened in the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, like there's 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 a, re a rebellion soldier here, but also an, an ex imperial who switched sides, and and like people people like that. And the, and, and I mean the, the big the big reveal is when you find out that. The the one pulling the puppets, Jar Jar, right? Exactly. Um, the one pulling the strings, I mean. Actually, um, he makes an appearance. Because, really? Um, the, the, this guy has his interludes uh, where he, he he just shows kind of the whole like people from all around the galaxy and how the Empire's fall is affecting them and and um there there is a, a short scene in I'm I'm not sure if it's this this book or it's, it's somewhere in the trilogy um that has Jar Jar in it so that's kind of funny. Um, nice. But, um, but, but like, I guess what I'm trying to emulate from there is, and it's, it's not like a new thing, this is certainly not, not, not the first book it's done, but kind of the, the thing these, these days is a ragtag band of heroes with all the different personalities, all the different um, flaws and quirks, some, some of them even anti-heroes, come together. That and kind and, of sounds and, like something you're yeah, writing, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> and 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 they're the, and and they're the ones who save the day now. You know, I mean, I mean, the Avengers popularized this in the last ten years. Again, not, I'm sure that's not the first time it's been done, but lot, I mean, a lot of superhero stuff that seems yeah. to be the, the, the thing. And I'll I'll uh, do a whole I'll, I'll do a whole a whole other video talking about superhero genre because that, that that's 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 that's, that's a, the other big influence on me. And I and I can't, I can't talk about that in just five minutes. But but um, that's but yeah. Um, that's one thing that that when when I read this one and I was like, okay, okay, I see, I see what they're doing. It's it's I mean, it it, it I guess you could say say it's a trope, but in a good way because I mean I mean tropes aren't bad. I mean I mean stories are made of tropes. Some, yeah, and you you kind of like it's the fun. team the team building and overcoming their differences for yeah. the greater good type yeah. of stories. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun sometimes when you, when you recognize them and you're, and you're like, I see, I see what 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 you're doing, but but you're doing it well enough. That I still yeah. enjoy it. Um, so this is like, I guess you'd say, found family is what it's called sometimes, or or just a team coming together and overcoming the odds. Um, yeah. And and, and um, these books did, did, did it in a way I enjoyed it. I'm not I'm not gonna say it's high literature or anything, but it's but as far as entertainment, fun fiction, it was well done entertainment. Um, and you know, usually the first book is is like all of them come together. Um, first book usually usually is the origin story. It takes time for the team to come together. Second book is like they're they're doing stuff. They're out there on the mission, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, like like I see what you're doing. 
I like it. I'm here for it. Um, so, so would you uh, recommend for someone who's like interested in reading the um, ex extended universe for Star Wars mm -hmm. and they, they're just familiar with the movies, whether it's, you know, the um, prequels, sequels, all the movies, if they've seen them, like what would be a good one, place to start? Good question. Uh, I'll try to answer that quickly. It depends on if you're interested in new canon or not. Like, 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 like do you care if it contradicts the new movies or not? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I guess I wouldn't care. Okay. As long as um, I wouldn't get confused. Yeah. If you don't care, um, I, 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 again, Timothy Timothy is on. Is my, is my favorite one. Uh, his, his original trilogy is called the. Well, it, 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 it's called the Thrawn trilogy. The first book is Heir to the Empire. These came out in, in like in like the nineties. So Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, The Last Command. Those are the books in, in the trilogy. That's a good place to start. Um, again, they, those don't go along with, with, with the new movies. They're, they're no longer canon, but they're good. If you do care about canon and, and you want to stick with that, I'd say start with this one maybe because um, this is like the story after Return of the Jedi. It picks up very shortly after that. I mean, it's called Aftermath, and it's it's the new version of what happens there. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, okay, I know, I know we only have a few minutes. We, we, we've been on for like an hour, which is great. Um, so I just wanted to get, get that in and talk about, and talk about the, the fun fiction that I'm consuming these days. But um, what's your takeaway, Jeff? Like, like either, either as a reader or especially as a writer, anything from today that, that you will try to apply in the next little while well, to your writing and reading? I think we've, uh, you and Corbin and, um, have already covered this, but it's still good for me to remember is, uh, you know, just rereading, you know, the classics that I, that I know that I enjoy, like, um, rereading Lord of the Rings and Nar the Narnia series and, and stuff I've already read, but, you know, it's been a few years. Um, we'll still, I think, um, I think there's always new stuff to learn from reading, you know, back over yeah. your favorites. Um, so rediscover why you fall in love with them and, and, and rediscover why they captured your imagination in the first place. And Exactly, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I might I might check out uh, some of the um, Zahn stuff with, with Star Wars cool. sometime. That's also, good to know. That's some non-Star Wars stuff. I have not read most of it, but he has, he has some of his own books too um, that, that I would like to get into. So yeah, um, but he's, he, he's a good writer. Cool. And then, yeah, and it just just our discussions reminded me how how much I uh, you know miss talking about books with people and stuff. So this this is good. This is good. Good time. More often. Yeah. Yep, indeed. Um, where can people find you on social media? Um, are you are you like broadcasting your work or advertising yourself or just kind of in the pre phase? Yeah, kind of, I guess, the pre-phase. I've thought about doing, like, a blog at some point, but nothing yet. Um, so for now, I'm I'm friends with you and Corbin okay. on Facebook. Um, it's probably the easiest way to find me. Um, I'm Jeff with a G, by yeah. the way, um, uh, which is the British spelling. Not that I'm British, but it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it. you know, being a lit, former lit major, it, it helps. Well, you are South African, right? right. That's true. True, and Tolkien was born in South Africa too. But also, British technically, kind of. Yeah. So, nice. Okay, yep. cool. Well, thank you for being here, for joining, and um, thank you everyone for watching. Um, keep 
I mean, I mean the live video is over, but feel free to keep, keep the conversation going in the, in the comments. Um, anyone who wants, who likes, likes this kind of thing, you want future discussions like this, um, I'm trying to do one of these at least every couple of weeks, um, if not every week. Um, so go to my author page, that's Samuel N. Harris. Um, there should be a link to it from this video, or I mean, I, I assume you're already there if you're watching the video, but go to the page. Um, the first link there um, is in, in the pin post is my landing page. Um, sign up for the email list and you'll get updates when I do, when I do things like this. And um, yeah, keep following for updates on my story, Fractured Heroes, and for more conversations like this. So thanks nice. everyone, have a great, great, great weekend and keep reading and writing. And may the force be with you all. So. Yep. Okay. And also with you. Live long and prosper.